No Offence But, where we discuss the uncomfortable topics, drop the truth bombs and have the raw and real conversations that make you feel socially acceptable. Guys, if you've enjoyed listening, please ensure you give us a follow and if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe for more updates. Lastly, don't forget if you tag and share us on social media, you could be in with a chance to win £100 each month. We're going to be talking all things toxic relationships, and we luckily have a professional on the panel. <laughs> Shout out to me. I'm going to hand it over to Sarah because I feel like, yeah, you've definitely. <clears throat> I have only known you maybe what eight years, and I've mm-hmm. seen a few interesting <laughs> relationships. So. Yeah, and I think I think the main thing I want to talk about today is not just like relationships, as in boyfriends, like partners. I want to talk about a lot of different relationships that I've had over the years, like in work, different work environments that I've been in. I've had very toxic bosses say a lot of things to me over the years. So yeah, I kind of wanted to do a bit of both. So let's start with the workplace one, because I feel That's like so we can all relate to yeah. that. That really... Um... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, my first, pretty much my first job, worked on fragrance in House of Fraser, and I had a boss there that... Would lit- I would literally be standing there like squirting people as you do, like, do you want to try this? Do you want to try it? She would be shouting over at me while I was dealing with customers. And I'd just be like, completely ignore her because I was just like, this is so unprofessional. I'm 18, this is so unprofessional. Because <laughs> I'm a perfectionist, annoyingly. And um, yeah, she'd just be like screaming and shouting at me about different targets and I need to do this and that. That's disgusting. Yeah, it was really bad. Like while I'm literally like dealing with customers and I remember she used to it literally reminds me of I watched Matilda the other day and it reminds me of Miss Trunchbull yeah like with the choking right (laughs) she would bring me like behind the fragrance wall there was like this door and she'd literally drag me in there and just scream and shout at me like behind this door and I yeah like she was just a bit crazy so that was like (laughs) toxic relationship number one I just in the don't workplace. know how people get away with that. Yeah. Did that make you quit your job? Or? Yeah, like it definitely put pressure on me to to leave for sure. And I remember that like I I worked with so many nice people there and I'm still in contact with some of them. I met my best friend Lauren there, which is obviously really? Yeah, yeah, we met there. And um yeah Was she like that with just you or that was just her style? No, yeah, that was her just Oof. with any I think she'd done it to me more because I was employed by House of Fraser where like the girls on the counters, Chanel was course, employed the by. Yeah, yeah, they were employed by their own managers and stuff. So for, for them, it would go over their head, but for me, it was just a bit like, this place is so damaging. <laughs> like, do you also think it's a thing to do with like being young? Because yeah. I feel like I don't know if you can relate in that environment. I remember being the same. I mean, my man- managers were quite nice, but any workplace, I think when you're young. People think they can talk to you like shit even more, even being female as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm not like blowing my own trumpet. Like I was never late for work. I was always on time. I would always do my best throughout the day. I'd hit my targets. So there wasn't really any reason to be like Just on my back. <laughs> I literally am. Yeah. Hate being no in trouble. <laughs> So sad. Wouldn't yeah. catch her on a pip, would you? No. <laughs> on a what? <laughs> performance. performance improvement oh. plan. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was never on one of them. <laughs> I even had to ask you what it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So that was like the first place I worked. So that was really toxic. But um, I worked with some great people there, and um, one lady actually got me a job in Boots. So then I moved to Boots, and I worked on the number seven counter for about four and a half years loved it like loved makeup and everything obviously I studied 
in uh, college, like beauty therapy and stuff, touched on makeup, but that's probably where I grew like my makeup knowledge the most. Um, <clears throat> and then I was going for a time where our account manager was asked to step down and I took on the role of like running the account. So I was doing all like the rotors, I was doing all like all the accountant stuff. I went on this makeup course and um, my area manager, she was scary too. <laughs> she um, literally, I'd done the whole training and I remember it being the last day and she was just like saying to everyone like, yeah, yeah, you've passed, you've qualified. She was really strict. She was like really snappy, just not a very nice person. And I remember like we were raising our hands to do certain things. I can't remember what the question was, but I put my hand up and she was like, darling, you're just a wallflower. You're never going to make it. <gasps> Literally everyone. And I was just like, I'm so humiliated. Like Are all these other girls. Yeah, yeah. That was How really bad. How did everybody bad. else react though? The, to be honest, I don't think, you know, when something like that shocks you, you just think the whole room just goes dark and I was yeah. just focusing on me. I don't really remember seeing everyone else's reaction yeah that's actually quite foul yeah. we should find her on linkedin and be like yo <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh wonder if God. she's still in the same job I don't you know. scarred me we need to talk about this i'm actually so yeah it's that was weird see that's yeah. like bullying in the workplace yeah that's, uh, that is kind of gone beyond bullying that's vile nasty yeah. behavior yeah. what reason did she have to say it what was to conclude what to make her feel better about herself yeah i don't know i think power trip yeah, massive power trip. And I think like working in sales, obviously, like makeup sales, I think it was more like she just thought my personality wouldn't make it across to people to be able to pull them in to then mm. be able to sell stuff to. But I... That's really like, weird because I find no, you, you quite drawing business. in. Like <laughs> if I walked into a shop to go to a makeup counter, I'd probably come to you. Like you've got the eyes, the aura, mm. the vibe. I would make a beeline straight away yeah. for you. I don't... Wow. Yeah. So that was weird. Bitch. That was weird. Yeah. So that was another toxic kind of relationship. Suck a dick, June. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I imagined her name is June, but it fits right. Do you know what? I think it was, yeah, it was a very like name like that. I can't, no, I think her name was Tony. No, I can't even, I don't know, Tony. But she was like really old. That's probably why. She was really old, white hair, like. Bitter because you were young and supple. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because I was really young then. Like Mm. 20, 21. I think um, in them environments, like, would you recommend that people leave their jobs? Because I've never really had a job, so I'm not really sure how that works. (laughs) (laughs) I would always say, try and talk it out, stick up to your bully. Because the problem with people just leaving, the culture will then never change. And Mm. it will grow into an untamable beast. People need to speak up, because if you don't, the arsehole managers or the arsehole control freak will always be like that. Mm. So you can say your piece, you can still leave after, but I think we really need to encourage each other, like in the workplace, colleagues, if there is a big giant elephant in the room and somebody who's completely abusive, speak on it because that's never going to change. So many disgusting things happen in the workplace and people just accept it. And I think they take advantage because you may not be as knowledgeable or an HR expert or understand your rights even. Mm -hmm. That's just... Have you ever been complained on, Queen? What, by people at work saying... You were mean or... Nah, probably too scared. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to do that, dickhead. Um... The key I, is to have a good, re- a really good relationship with the HR director. That's yeah. what I did. Yeah, and that's you know everything smart. that's going on and who's saying what. <laughs> that's the key. We do have <clears throat> an open 
we encourage feedback and openness. So if anybody ever has a problem, they don't have to tell me to my face if they don't want to. They can write it down. They can make it anonymous, whatever. So, mm -hmm. of course, I've had feedback in the workplace about my um, approach sometimes. Mm -hmm. But this was many, many years ago. You know, when you're young. And I actually think part of that was because the first few managers I had coming into the office space were actually quite disgusting. There was a bloke... Do you remember when I left that old company and I wrote that poem, not poem, an email to all staff yeah. that people still, I don't know if they talk about it now, but loads of people printed it. They put it on their fridges. My phone yeah, was yeah. blowing up. And that was the result of a toxic manager who just, I thought, no, I've had enough. And from that day, I don't tolerate it. Basically, mm -hmm. long story short, this guy was super duper toxic. He's the type who would rally all the sales managers up in the morning. Right, guys, what are we doing? And he would look at you and be like, your team did shit yesterday. What are you going to do about it today? Your shit. That. And he would humiliate you in front of your co-workers. He did that one time with me and I went, okay, that's enough. Left the meeting, grabbed my bag, started walking to my car. I was like, I'm out. And then he followed me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So it had been years of those little types of things happening. Um, so when I left, I, um, I an all staff email that was really quite spicy it oh was God. foul i annihilated him i annihilated h i annihilated them all to everyone to everyone is this your current workplace no good oh, god and i signed it off with i know i'm gonna lose my bonus over this i don't care i don't want to say his name just in case but mm. john mm. take that commission and use it to buy yourself a pair of Balls, because what's clear is you ain't got none. Oh, <laughs> man. A lot of people were like, you have freed us. Yeah. A few months later, he got fired. A few months later after that, HR manager left. And that's what it means. It just No, takes... after that breach, no, I would no, not. I didn't get my bonus paid. It just takes that one person. Takes that one person. To do something and say something. I've been in a very similar position like that. Mm. Um... Shall I go there? Yeah, let's go there. <laughs> so my uh, manager was banging the MD. We're Damn going yeah. there. Shock, shock, shock. Um, and me and my friend were the only recruiters there. You know, you know the type. You guys listening are gonna be able to relate. You know the workplaces that expect so much of you, yet they're not willing to invest into more staff to try to help you help get you. to that goal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was us. So we were working like crazy hours. Um, and we're told, you know, we can't have the pay rises because you're, you know, you're 23 years old and you're actually on a really good salary for your, for your age. That's I'm like, wow. There's so much bad shit that went on in that company. Um, but yeah, like so much bad shit. Like she'd come in drunk, smelling of BO, like they'd been out oh, on a bender. God. Like there was just so much bad stuff. And I was really tight with the HR director, not because I kept going and complaining. I was just like, she's pissing me off. I can't even be able to complain about it. Then I left. My friend actually left. And then I was like, if she's going, I'm going. Mm. So like we left them with no recruitment team. I was like, fuck y'all. So <laughs> I wrote a banging email and sent it to to the CEO of the company. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Mine went to all staff, and I think he was, oh, I almost said it, the group was American-owned, so I'm not entirely too sure that it didn't reach the States either, but I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> Imagine. It was all staff at 
I bet so, it lives rent free in so many people's heads. Rent free, rent free. I was actually out like two years ago in Milton Keynes and I saw one of the girls, shout out Vicky, and she <laughs> was like, you are still a legend. You will always be a legend. And I was like, oh my God. Wow. I look back now and there is a part of me that's a little bit embarrassed. It liked grace and decorum and I think I could have worded it better, but I said what I said. Mm. And that's mm. it. Sometimes you have to. You do. I think you do, especially if you're getting like bullied in an environment where you're getting paid and doing someone's like you make you in a job to make someone else money. Why are you treating me like shit? At the, yeah, yeah. You should be being grateful that I'm here, fucking selling my soul for you. Mm. Not that I want a job, but it does make me wonder like what is the workplace like now? And I just don't think I would last in a job because I wouldn't take shit off anyone. I've like been into boots over the years and there's still like some of the same people working there and they're just like it's even worse. And I'm like, oh, how is she still like you still here? Still there, yeah. I was like, people feel tied, don't they? Because it's like paycheck to paycheck, a lot mm. of people live. Yeah, you can't yeah. leave. And like I think when I was that age, I don't know about you guys, but I really wanted to go traveling and I really wanted to do all these different things, but I was so like fixated on like no, because when I come back, I might not get a job. So I felt like I was Shit. tied there. Like, it's so ridiculous. Like, I think the biggest message that I want to get across about people being in jobs is just, if you're really unhappy, just, just cut ties. Leave. And, yeah, or if you do want to go traveling, just do that because you'll always be able to get a job. And if not, start a business. Have you guys yeah. ever had um, an experience, like a sexual predator in the workplace? <clears throat> in the past, yes. But you know what? I used to let it go over my head so much. It was the comments. Because obviously when I was, before I lost all my weight, I had quite noticeable tits. Like mm. I just, I was just all breast and nothing else. Mm -hmm. And for a really long time, in many places I've worked, people just used to love to comment and talk about them. Mm. Um, but to be honest, I just used to let it go over my head. Right. It was never that deep. But I now can see if that was, say, my daughter or a younger member of staff, if I saw someone going through that, I'd be like, this is foul, it's got to stop. But at the time, just meh. But definitely, that people just make comments about your body and the way you look. And I just got on with it because oh, I didn't even have the energy to disagree. There was, do you know like what I mean? back in the day, you didn't, we didn't really pick up on like, this isn't okay. This is sexual yeah. harassment. Yeah, we'd accept no, it. So this happened to me as well, which mm. is, this is actually really fucked up. And if people are listening, like, honestly, I was just so naive to it. Me and my friend, same workplace, another director. God. Um, Is this we, workplace still going, by the way? <laughs> uh, probably. Um, it was, they were like based in Milton Keynes. So like we used to go out with the directors, me and my recruitment friend, um, which again, looking back at it now, it's like, you know, there's work and you should probably just left it. This director was in his like late 50s. <laughs> And because we'd obviously we didn't both live in Milton Keynes, so it was like a lot for us, like traveling back and forth, and then we'd have to come into work the next day and stuff. So we went out, and then he'd booked. Well, he'd had an apartment there in Milton Keynes. Oh God! I know, I know, <laughs> of course I know. You're already thinking. So he was like, "Why don't you and your friend stay over? I've got a two or three bed apartment, and then just saves you girls having to come back and forth, and you know whatever." And I was like. Oh. And how old was he? I was probably 20, 21. Oh. Right? Ick. What Ick. a gross bastard. Massive ick. So we had a great night. And do you know what? He, I should have, looking back at it now, I should have just known where the line was. Like, I remember he try and go through my phone, like, looking for news Wait, and stuff. What? Yeah, it's so fucked up now. I'm actually thinking about this. Like, great. Well, like, how would he get your phone? Like, if I had it just sat on my desk oh, yeah. or stuff like that. He'd and he'd like, pick it up in front of you? Yeah. 
No shame. I was so tight with all of like the regional managers, all the sales directors because of my role recruitment. Like I was recruiting for them, so I had to be tight with all of them. Mm-hmm. But now looking back at it, as an older woman, like if that was my child, I'd no be way. kicking the fuck off. Sorry, mummy, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I didn't tell you. But um, so we stayed over. We went out, had a night out, and then me and my friend stayed over. And we just slept in the same bed together. He came in, bearing in mind we didn't have pajamas, so we just slept in our underwear, right? He came in in the morning and went, morning, lifted up the quilt, like, morning. Oh. And then me and my friend were just there like, what oh my God. And we looked oh at each other God. and we were like, fucking dickhead, what the fuck? But we oh. just laughed it off and just got ready, went to, went work, to work, and nothing happened. But now... Like, I don't know if she listens to this podcast, but it's just like mad. You in the moment because you're so young, because you're like again, I was so driven. Really wanted to like go up in the company. Well, I wasn't earning great money, but you know, I was always promised a promotion and mm. promised this, and it's like you just laugh with it and go with it. Yeah. So you don't want to upset anyone. You don't want to upset anyone. Your... You don't want to ruin. Especially like, as a woman. Yeah. Especially as a woman and a young woman. So looking back at it, it's fucked. But I'm, I bet there's so there's many so of our many. listeners who are like, relate yeah, yeah. me too. Position. Me too. Definitely. Yeah, awful. But do you know what I find really interesting? I used to get naked for a living, like, and have men all over the place, like working in magazines or male photographers or male interviewers. Not one of them would ever try and molest us. No, but I, I think... I feel safe in like being yeah. naked as a job, which you guys yeah. should really feel safe. You've got your clothes on, it's all good. Like, yeah. Obviously, these men weren't like predators. So, like, But people would think that my industry was very like that and it wasn't at all. It's very professional. I think they so had nice. to be hella professional to be, because yeah. of what you was doing. Like, yeah, but it would have been an easy way to be able to kind of well, do easy. that. To try and get in there, but none of the yeah. girls end up with like the photographers or anything. Like it wasn't no. ever. No, I no always, one ever be sleeping. I with each always other. think that when I watch porn, sometimes I'm like, I wonder if any of the cameramen just get a hard on and then try it with like the women. <sighs> no, after. After. No, that's like what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> do they get like turned on or are they just like little softies and just yeah, like, like I'm don't so do it for me over this. Yeah, it's actually killed their sex life. Anyway, I'm so sorry I've taken it to sex. Anyway, going back, going back. Do you feel work. like you've always attracted toxic people into your life? Yeah, but what I don't... like friendships and stuff as well? Sorry, like... Friendships? Not so much friendships. Like, I've never had anyone that's really double-crossed me or, like, come at me, like, really bad or anything like that. So it's not so much friends, but definitely I've attracted... I don't even know why. Like, is it because back then I was so young and naive and I was just see everyone with, like what do they call it, rose-tinted glasses, and everyone's such a nice person and they're doing things to, like, help me or whatever. Um, I don't know if it's that. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. No idea. I think you're just so desperate to strive for progression when you're younger. I reckon maybe a lot of people can relate, like, with the whole young thing in the workplace. You do let a lot more slide than what it should. Mm. But then as you've grown older, moving into more of your relationships... You are such a nice person. And then sometimes you just think, is it just <laughs> where people think I can take advantage here? That's what I think. I think you're so nice. That's what I was thinking when I asked the question that like, you're almost like a prey for mm. people that aren't nice because you don't really see that people have that other side of them. Mm. So like you just always see the best in everyone. So then I feel like that's why getting into relationships, when you did get into relationships, it's like, oh, they're really nice. And you know, just, I wouldn't do that to them. They wouldn't do that to me. Yeah. And, because they know you're so nice and quite naive, they can then just 
yeah the whole time they're planning to take advantage yeah Yeah. well they might not even know that they're going to but like the more they get comfortable with you and their true colors start to come through Mm. and then start to kind of yeah what what have your relationships been like is it when did it kind of start yeah so obviously I've spoke about it in one of the uh, recent podcasts that my first one of my first relationships was pretty toxic um found like emails where he was seeing other girls and pictures and stuff on the computer because he didn't have picture phones then (laughs) that is so weird to say that um so that was pretty toxic but then I was living in his family home and that was a really toxic environment as well in a sense of very controlling very manipulative like I'm not going to sit here and badmouth them whatever because I did have like there was really good times but um there was definitely times like for instance I was only working part-time at House of Fraser I think I was doing four days a week oh god so you would bullshit at home and at work (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um I basically what happened was he could go on holidays with his friends and do all these different types of thing and my sister called me one day and she was like do you want to come to Ibiza I'm going to Ibiza and I was like okay like that sounds fun she yeah we booked it all like was paying it off and everything and then my car computer system blew up and I only had this like little I think it was like a Clio back then but it was 1200 pounds to get repaired and that was more than my month's wage then and then my 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 partner's this is so bad this is so cringe talking (laughs) my partner's dad said to me that if I didn't go to Ibiza with my sister and I didn't go on holiday, that he would pay to get my car repaired. <laughs> Controlling <laughs> little fuck. <laughs> um, what so the fuck? That's really creepy. Yeah. So it was Why almost. Why do you care about you going on holiday? Yeah, from the dad. That's yeah. something your boyfriend would say. Yeah. yeah. It was really strange. So I remember calling my dad in tears and just being like, this has happened, this is blah, whatever, crying. And he drove up, he picked me up and he turned around to his dad and was just like, I'll make, I'll let you know now that I'll be paying to get her car fixed and I'll be paying for her to go to Ibiza and then like just shut the door. And that was yeah, it. Your dad must have been. <laughs> I bet he was absolutely yeah. fuming. Fuming, yeah. And the level, why, what, what motivated him? Do you think maybe his son said like, I really don't want her to go, but I don't know how to make it. I feel like he would have been talking to his son about this behind their back, mm. unless he was just some sort of a sick fuck. Why is it going to affect him? I think maybe mm. the son said, I'm really uncomfortable with this holiday she's going on. And he thought, right. Yeah, but was the dad controlling in his relationship with his wife? Um, No, mm. no. No, it that's wasn't. Weird. That's even weird. That makes yeah, it so weird. It was just weird. really strange. I don't know if it was because he knew his son was off doing all the bad stuff, cheating and all that kind of thing. And he probably, yeah, he probably just thought, I don't know, yeah, I was a good person and be like, yeah, okay, like, thank you so much. And I'll just stay home and be like a housewife. But oh, that was just. At 18 as well. Yeah. That was bad. Let yeah. the girl party. And then um, there was another situation <laughs> with that. That this is so cringe. Like, it's just eating me up alive. I don't even want to talk about it, but I'm here for it. Um, It was Christmas time, and I spent loads of money on my partner at the time. And um, I remember we went into the shop, and he was just, like, fell in love with this watch. And it was, like, a lot of money. I can't even remember how much it was, but it was probably, like, £600 or something. Me working part-time. Like, I'd spent all this money at Christmas, and I was thinking, oh, my God, I can't even get this watch for him. 
And as we left the shop, his dad turned around to me and was like, I'll pay for it and you don't have to pay me back, but it can be from you. And I was just like, no, like I've spent so much money on him already. I don't want him to think like he can have a fucking anything he wants at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, like Jesus Christ. I'm not gonna spoil him. Yeah. Um, and I, to be honest, I did spoil him. Like he got so much from me. I got that in return, but I just thought he doesn't need like he had, I think he had like four other watches at the time. It wasn't like he was in desperate need of a watch. <laughs> and I was just like, no, no, no. Anyway, I think it was leading up to Christmas. His dad came home put a watch on under the pillow and he was just like I've put the watch under the pillow and I was like what watch and he was like for him for Christmas and I was like I'm not getting him the watch and he was like no it's done now I don't want to hear about it don't want you to pay me back and I was like oh for fuck's sake okay thank you then you feel ungrateful because you're just like thanks but I, I'm well, a very not come from you has it it's, I'm a very proud person yeah. why like, don't he just give it for him from himself yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, I'm a very proud person and I was just thinking like, I haven't done this. This is so fake, like I have not done this. Yeah. So then, anyway, Christmas comes, he gets to watch, blah, 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 but we break up months later and um, I get a phone call from my ex then and he was like, you owe my dad this amount of money oh, for the, the watch. Yeah. So his dad then went God. behind my back and basically said that I owed him money for this watch that he wanted no. to go out and buy. Yeah, I swear to God. And I remember I was um, I was living at home and I remember literally just running through the house looking in like every item of clothing that I had, handbag, everything, adding up all this like loose change money together. And um, I remember going to Morrison's and emptying out all my money into the, the machine and it gave me all the cash out. I put the cash in an envelope and I swear to God, I was broke at this point. Put the cash in the envelope and posted it through their, um, their letterbox. letterbox. And I was just like, fuck you. Like, never. Did you write that in the front of the envelope? <laughs> yeah, fuck <Gosh> you. <laughs> um, but I think from that day forward, that was when it kind of was ingrained in me and like never let anyone, which is something I've had to work on. Never let anyone take advantage of you in a fact of like anything over money. So you know like, that's actually quite disgusting, Sarah, because you didn't owe him that money. Yeah, he no. chose to buy that gift. It's funny because I was actually listening to another podcast earlier on this week, and it was a very similar situation mm. where the question was: if you're bought gifts during a relationship, are you expected to give them back at the end? Obviously not, mm. in my opinion. No, I don't. No. I agree. But this girl had been seeing a guy and they were dating for a little God, while. That's right, get backwards. <laughs> that girl. Oh, yeah, God. but she just being an arsehole. Oh, really? Like, for pain, just to be like, I want that back. Have you I done it recently? I remember I was like 20, probably. <laughs> Would to be fair, actually. Hold up. She got given a bracelet by a guy she was seeing. Bracelet was worth about 350 quid. And then after they broke up, he left it a month or two, then sent his mate to say, tell her I really need that bracelet back and she was like why do you need it back like you don't need it back it's a gift you gave you to me to? yeah who's next um but I think he actually started being quite malicious spreading stories about her she just used me to call my stuff and in the end she had to go out of her way to give him the money for the bracelet what? that was a gift she said that was a lesson that she learned and ever since then if she wasn't if if and when she's been in that position she's just flat out refused to give the gifts back like no yeah, no, I agree. And now this guy's made you spend all this money at a young, vulnerable age to pay him back for a gift that he bought despite you saying no. That's From a, a really grown, a grown man ass man. Even like an 18 year old, a it's grown disgusting. man who's a dad. Yeah, that's weird. That's, that's really, really weird. The same kind of relationship that I was in. So, <laughs> leading on for that, you just reminded me of another story. 
I was working on the number seven counter and I remember his mum and dad came into the counter and they bought me these diamond earrings and I had them on and they were like, can we get the earrings cleaned and valued for you? And I was like, oh yeah, whatever, take them. And that was when a time where we was like nearly breaking up. So they came in and took the earrings off me. <gasps> Never brought them back? <laughs> no. No. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Honestly, it's the most fucked up relationship I think it I've was ever like been. It's like in a relationship with their parents. Yeah, it's yeah. like she was their daughter, and that that was your grounding. We're taking your yeah. diamond earrings off of you, like my punishment. What the fuckity fuck? Yeah. I cannot go over that. Yeah, yeah, it was really weird. Did he that ever is- say? Did you ever say anything though to him? Like you, your dad does this weird shit. They've come. Did you ever talk to him about how you felt you were being made to? Like, how you were being treated? No, I think I was just so dumb in relation- relationship. I was just like, oh, fucking whatever. Like, you're all weird. Was the mum really tight with you? Because... We were really close. Right. Really. So that part of me thinks, like, mm. was that wanker really controlling and she felt sorry for Sarah and was like, I know what he's like. Maybe she could mm. see the signs. We were, we were really close. We were definitely really close. Um, I think she treated me more like a daughter than a... Mm son's girlfriend but so yeah I think it's probably like the daughter she never had I guess that's actually so crazy and insane I'm really desperately trying to understand this dad's motivation through all these stuff did he fancy you it's a bit creepy isn't it it's so creepy no I definitely well I'm naive so I definitely (laughs) clearly do um yeah I don't know yeah so that was like a really toxic relationship I think after that I think other relationships that I've been in I've always been in where I feel like I can help someone in some sort of way, like I can. You're a fixer. Yeah, I've, I've been a fixer. fixer. It's not healthy, man. It's, it's not, not healthy. healthy. It's the worst. I hate that when you want to try fix someone. Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> She's like, no. What are we fixing that. here? <laughs> <laughs> this seems like a you problem. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you're trying to like help somebody. And they really are taking advantage of you and then it just gets worse and worse and worse because you're just being a good person. Mm. But I don't know, are you being a good person? You're just being a bit of a mug. Like you can't say you're a good person just because you're willing to put someone else before yourself. I don't think that's a good person. I think you... I think you just claim, I'm a good person, that's why I get this pain and it happens, it's victim. Why is she fucking cussing us? No, no, I mean... victim and I'm like, you got to take responsibility and be like, why am I doing this? What is it within you that's attracting these people or giving yourself to these people? Because... For some reason, you need to be given to yourself. Like, you need to sort yourself out before you even be able to help fucking Tom, Dick and Harry. Who even are Tom, Dick and Harry? Fuck I do Tom, think, Dick and Harry. <laughs> I do think genuinely from a nun... I don't want to say I'm a nun-giver, but I'm not a fixer. Mm. Um, You know, you, the people I'm here to look after and help and support on a daily basis are the children that I gave birth to. Mm. Anything past that, I'm sort of like, why are we doing this? But I do genuinely understand. I can see why people like the feeling of helping and supporting and fixing someone. Because I look at like the relationship with my kids and if there something happens, I'm like, oh my God, I must make this right. I really want to help you. So I suppose those connections aren't necessarily that different. If you're naturally a fixer, Mm. you want to do it for Mm. everyone around you. Or is it that you're just running away from fixing yourself that you're like not fixings I don't believe anyone's broken but are you running away from your own problems that you're trying to solve everyone else's because you don't want to look into your own I don't don't think so I don't think it's that deep I don't think it's that deep I'm actually just think racking over like all my boyfriends and every single one minus one I think I tried to fix and actually the one that I 
the one that I didn't need to fix was the one that I didn't last very long with. Really? So, like, Maybe you just like the thrill. The thrill of feeling like a you've challenge. achieved a goal. Maybe, maybe. Do you know what I mean? You need some different goals. <laughs> Babe, for real. I don't know what it is. Some people just I, have that trait. I'm really trait. gonna try and look into this because mm. it's not healthy yeah. at all. And it actually is every motherfucker drains me. Yeah, mm. I see it with you a lot. Like you allow so many people to drain you. And I'm just sitting there like, why does she let people do this? Yeah. And you're so nice with it too. You know I maybe I just need to go back to like being a bitch. Be more queen. Yeah. Like, look, yeah, like, no, I need this to is not okay for me. This. I need to cut this off. Sorry, it's not okay for me. Like, you're crossing my back. I do feel like recently, though, you have been a bit more like that. Not, not in a sense of like friendships, but definitely like dating. Oh you're yeah, just I'm like, just like yeah, can't be. Well, it's getting shorter, thank God. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think sure. I've been in that. To be fair, where I've just really allowed people to take the piss out of me, and. I've just always wanted to help and help and help them because I felt like I've had the, the capacity. The, yeah, all the material things to be able to help you with. And you just always, and that's why I'm so passionate about it because you always end up in pain. Like, I've ended up yeah. broke. I've ended up homeless. I've ended up so many things. I've just given too Guys, much to people and have taken the piss. Lacey's like an ex-smoker. You know, no one is more judgy to smokers than ex-smokers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lacey's like, how dare you allow yeah. them? Oh, wait, snap. That was me two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm so like passionate about this mm. I'm like please stop giving away like yourself to someone else who really fucking if you were in that same position <coughs> wouldn't be doing that to you mm. yeah I mean look no one's come and fix me yeah who's coming when you've got your problems no, they give a shit no. they ain't really and that's one thing I noticed I think the most for me when I then had problems I was like oh where no. are these people <laughs> Anyone got any money to give to me? Or anything <laughs> else to split with me? No, you couch? motherfuckers <laughs> don't get. Yeah, I'm even real. trying to think like, are oh, my mum and dad like that? I wouldn't say, I don't know. I feel like I'm somebody that's always the, was it the optimist? Is someone that's always like yeah. half full, glass half full. Glass half full <laughs> and I've always got a solution. Like if someone comes to me with a million problems, I've got like two million solutions. Mm. So I don't know whether that's like a bit connected to it. I don't know. I just it's very weird. I'm I gonna dig I'm gonna dig deep into this. Yeah, it is an admirable admirable trait, but when you allow people to take the piss and then it's starting to drain you, then that's a problem. Yeah. When it comes to your detriment, like, oh my gosh, it's a mm. mess. I'm really confused what I definitely think as like relationships for me have gone on, I've definitely become more stronger and vocal and like feel like I'm that communicator for sure. You oh are, my god, yeah. Which I find interesting because usually people go the opposite way when they've had such like relationships, mm. they'll usually like be silent or not as outgoing. Yeah. And you've just like you're the you've so done every relationship a... you grow. Even is... like workplaces. Yeah. Like when people have trod on me, stamped me down, I'm just like next, 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 which is really strange. Maybe I should have more issues than I do. No, but I maybe think I'm dig deep enough. On that, I, I think know. some uh, with, with a situation like that is when you start, you know, setting your boundaries or being vocal, and then you see that actually people are accepting it, and it's not always becoming an argument. Then you're like, you actually get braver. Gives you the confidence. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably makes sense. And it's probably like, yeah, I am well, not so much anymore, but like I was well naive. So. How did I know about boundaries if I'm not even na- like I'm too naive to even realize what a boundary is? Yeah. So like as soon as someone crosses it, I'm like, yeah, I don't like that. So then the next time I learn from it, I guess, yeah. and I progress that way. I feel like I've only really understood the importance of boundaries literally in the last two years. Oh, I know that me is too. wild. That's the same as me. But literally after breaking up my ex, that's really when I understood what a boundary was and 
that I had no boundaries with nobody. Mine's been seven months. Like, it's shocking. It's crazy, isn't it? Kid, it was really bad. It's like, why did nobody tell me about boundaries in my 20s? Yeah. yeah why are we not spoke about boundaries? I think I'm listening to all our conversations, and it's so interesting because we're talking about the experience of work and growing up in the workplace and then boyfriends. And it's like, your 20s, you know how we've all spoken about wanting to be accepted and, like, finding your feet and finding your... You know, into your thirties, you get so fed up with people's bullshit. You're like, okay, <laughs> that's it. I'm cutting all you motherfuckers. <laughs> and I think you actually start to learn. Like we've all hit thirty. Mm. That's when you're like, actually, I need to set these boundaries for peace. Probably because we're more tired and we're like, fuck, I've not got the energy. Yeah, but you're like, you're not so much people pleasing in your twenties because you kind of work out who your friendship groups are. You start, you kind of work out where you are in life, work wise, mm. or where you're going towards. So it's like you're not chasing away at the ladder or chasing for something does that make sense what yeah. I'm saying mm. it's interesting isn't it mm. it really it really is but I feel like you're right we should have these conversations more with younger people mm. like I mean I mean I make it very clear to my kids even Pip I Eva, like your kids have very strict <laughs> yeah they they're strong do no, not that. fuck with them yeah and if you do they're gonna tell you about it mm. and if you don't change your be- behavior you're out and I know it's like people are like oh no that's you can't just cast people aside okay people that you love your close family your close friends work on that and if they cross your boundary try and help them so they don't do it again but don't take that fucking shit off random strangers off the street certainly not some jackass boss in a workplace hell no I don't even take care of my family anymore I've acts pretty much all of them I'm like your energy is too much I can't deal you take the piss and Next. sometimes that's what Next you need to do like she's up for adoption <laughs> I am they want to um, so back to your relationships. I feel like we witnessed the time where you were in a relationship that was probably interesting for us as friends to witness. And I don't know, as we all know, I'm not the biggest friend person. I don't really have that many friends. <laughs> I do have a lot of friends, but like people that are closer that I speak to all the time, very minimal. I like my alone time. So it's the first time I've really been able to witness. I feel that. And I feel in an older age as well. I feel like when we were young, obviously loads of guys were manipulating girls, which was just shocking. But when you're young, you don't really know. So I think like, I think it was different for you because you were in a very vulnerable place and maybe that was why you were more open to it. But I think looking at it from an outsider as a friend, it was like a really scary thing to witness. But yeah, we wanted to just kind of ask you about that maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so sweaty. <laughs> Literally her voice was like, oh, I'm yeah. I really asking you. Oh, God, okay. So um, as I said, you was obviously really vulnerable in this position. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, when do you start to notice like a relationship or the person was beginning to get like almost toxic or unhealthy or you just realised something was off? I think definitely a long time into it. Uh, well, no, saying that, I saw some traits in the beginning, but me being wanting to be a fixer, I was just always seeing the best in him and trying to support and helping him in any way possible because the worst thing is seeing someone that you care about in so much pain but then you don't realize how much pain you're actually putting on yourself um Mm. which is super toxic because then it's like you're just in this battle forever forever battle um but yeah I think in the beginning like right in the beginning I didn't really see too much it was almost like he put on a facade is that the right word facade of feeding me everything that he thought I would want to hear. Like um, love bombing. 
Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Didn't even ever think of it like and that. All the material stuff as well. That's yeah. a real good trait, I think, isn't it? For like toxic men, like love bombing and women. I guess they'll just give you everything and kind of blind you of all this material and love, and yeah, dreams that you wanted. And and that was probably something that I hadn't really experienced, and I was just in a point where. I didn't even fully want to go dating. It was my mum that was like, yeah, you should try dating. So then when I come across this person, it was almost like, wow, like you just compare every relationship then to like then the the person you met. Obviously you don't know that person at all, but I think with the whole love, love bombing thing <clears throat> and showering you with everything that they believe that you want, yeah, it just put on this massive, I don't even know, like, Oh my god, I sound so like shallow. <laughs> no, I'm not no, but if somebody is when you lack something in your current relationship, your previous relationship to that guy, I just felt like he didn't respect you. He wouldn't do like nice romantic gestures for you. Definitely didn't like gift you nice things. Not that I ever saw. Yeah, so I, I was definitely whisked away. Mm. Yeah. Swept off my feet, I guess. Yeah. That would probably be the best terminology. Um so then when it went through a like a time where he was having a really hard time I didn't really realize the effect of it had been a thing that had gone on for a long time I thought it was a new thing that he was suffering um so I tried to help him as much as I can as much as I can support him um but yeah it just yeah there was times when obviously I cared about this person and you guys would say some things and I'd be like you just feel like you're so torn and you feel like, you feel alone. You really do feel alone. She wouldn't really speak to anyone about it either, would you? No, because obviously you, like, I respect you guys so much as friends and you'd always tell me straight, but obviously I wasn't in a position that I wanted to hear everything. Mm. Um, and I felt like I was helping this person, getting it from, not getting it from you guys, but like, uh, yeah, 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 do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah, I did feel quite like stuck. Felt very alone. Um... And then when you feel alone, you feel like you get pushed towards that person even more. Um, but yeah, I did. I just think I, again, even though I was going through this, I did spend a lot of time on my own. So even though I was with this person, I'd probably see them like once, twice a week. Like it wasn't full on. Um, which can also be bad. Which itself, can also be bad. You can't see someone. You don't have the time colors. to see yeah. the real person. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's very very true. Um, and maybe I just didn't see him fully on his bad days. I'd only see him on his really on good, good days. days. Yeah. Um, I'm curious though with this whole love bombing and the gifts and everything. Was he ever the type to maybe say things like, "Look at all this nice stuff I do for you. You're really ungrateful." Or I bought you this and I bought you that. Is that a uh, thing that used yeah. to happen. I remember once being with you and he was just like, you know, I was thinking we could go and do this and do that. And it just seemed like such a nice thing. I was like, oh, that's really sweet. It's like, but I'm not going to now. And I was like, oh, you just literally lifted us so high. <laughs> wow. Even I was like, oh, that's so nice. All caught up in it then just dropped. And I was like, oh, that was me. Wow, that's, I feel like that's a form of control. Yeah. Mm. yeah, there was definitely times where God, I'm trying to think now of situations, but there was definitely times where I'd get pushed to a point where I'd be like, oh, right, like if he'd be like, he'd be coming round and then it'd be like, yeah, well, I'm not coming around now. And I'd, in the end, I'd just go, okay. Because <laughs> I just was like, and whatever, like I'm not, reaction. yeah, I'm not feeding into this. So at some point the manipulative tricks stopped working. 
for sure yeah I think it's good to make that point because you are such a strong person I was thinking that just before you said it but there are people out there they're going to be in these kind of relationships that aren't strong or don't Mm. have family units to be able to go Mm. and you know support so I just wanted to ask like in your opinion what you would feel would be great for like if friends were concerned about their friend in a relationship what would you advise for them and how to approach it? I feel like we approached it so wrong. Like, it just wasn't... No, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, we did. You 100%. did, yeah. I didn't appreciate yeah. it at all. I thought um, it was actually a bit... Do you want to talk about that? Should we talk about that? Go on, let's pull it out. Let's pull it out. <laughs> let's pull it out. <laughs> Wait, maybe right. my friend needs to venture. <laughs> Are you sweating now? <laughs> no, I am. I've, got, I've always got fucking point. clammy hands. <laughs> your point, how? I mean... We went for a nice dinner, right? <laughs> we really we, butted her we up. We her up. We they had no carrot cake on the menu. A, I don't know if she even left. Was that for? Cake. Was that for to have the conversation? Yeah, but did you even know we? Pl- no, no, she only just right. said it out. I we obviously really knew, like you guys were talking behind my back. Suddenly, Not like... So this dinner was like an intervention. Basically. <laughs> yeah. All right. But she only just knows that now, bless her. Yeah. Let me just sip my tea. Go on. I don't so actually, nice. I don't actually think you know, so I'm just going to tell you this now on the podcast. <laughs> don't. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. God. I'm this really is going to be such a good episode. An exclusive. <laughs> I'm oh, so okay for this. I'm sweating. <laughs> Why are you doing this? This is fucking hot seat. No, literally, I am actually sweating so much. No, because I I knew the area he was from, and I had a really good friend that lived in the area, and there was just something off about him, and I was just like, I'm just gonna ask my friend if she knows him because the thing is with these dating apps, and it's like you know. You, when you said to me about some guy I was dating, she was like, like an essay of no, yeah, <laughs> from all of my friends. <laughs> you just don't really know these people, no, so I was like, something just didn't feel right. So I just messaged my friend and I'm like, babe, do you know this guy? And she was like, yeah, and I'm like, okay, she's he's going out with my friend Zara, and she was like, tell her to run. And I was like, okay, why? And then she was listing off so many things and so many things. And she was like, look, he could have changed. He could have this, but it's just like an absolute no. Like he will pull her to the ground. And but that, that was like 10 hell. years ago when you spoke to her. Like, yeah, yeah. So you, it is hard to say that to you and you'd be like, well, you know, he could have changed. But then yeah. she was like, now. I know him around the area and I know other things that he's done to other girls and stuff. So at that point I was sweating profusely mm. and was like, girls, I just feel like we need to reach out to Sarah at this point. But it was difficult because I didn't want you to feel like I'd gone behind your back. I was just genuinely worried because mm-hmm. of, I think it was like something around a birthday party. Something See, this is where weird, it started yeah. and this is why I didn't like the way we did the meal. I don't know when we did the meal. Maybe it's like October I really time. want to know how the fuck y'all did this meal. Okay, I'm going to tell you it. So I wasn't there. This is what I didn't like. So things happened in August. We had a party here, actually. Mm. So we had a really cool party. And then it was such a fun party. Mm. And basically, people saw some behaviours from this person. And everyone was slightly concerned because a lot of people weren't actually drinking as well. Mm. Um, So I know a few people that were like, okay, well, this was weird. I heard this get mentioned. I heard this. And then I was just a bit like, well, I thought, guys, I was effed at this party, bro. (laughs) I burnt my hand. Like, so much stuff. Oh, the person even put, like, marshmallow in my head. I, was I remember that. absolutely smashed. So I was like, guys, I can't say anything to Sarah because I honestly don't know anything. <laughs> I haven't witnessed anything. Mm. And I don't want to be like, he said, she said. If you've got something to say, you need to go tell her. But no one said it and I don't know why. And it was really frustrating me. So I'm like, yo, can someone just say something to her? Because 
I'm feeling really concerned and I don't have a story to tell. If I was one who witnessed it, damn straight, I'd remember you next day, like, babe, like, this wasn't mm-hmm. okay. And that's what I didn't like. I feel like it wasn't done at the time of when it was. Yeah. yeah. So then we left it a few months later to do a meal because obviously a few more things happened and we were like, okay, look, I put everyone in a group, I think, I'll take that. I was like, guys, I'm feeling really concerned about Sarah, but still at this point, I didn't have any concrete evidence myself. I only had what other people had said. So I'm like, you guys kind of like, I know like one of your friends had seen something, I know someone else's friend had seen something, so I was like, you guys are the main people that can speak. Like obviously the one, the friend she said she messaged. Mm. So now I was like, got him in a group, I was like, let's take her for dinner and let's just try have the chat with her. And it kind of did flow quite well, and I don't know if she knew that that's what it was about, but that was the meal intention. So obviously it comes and it kind of got a bit sticky, but obviously I couldn't really speak because again, I still didn't have anything to speak about. Mm. But at this point, you're kind of like, well, why are you talking to me about stuff from three months ago? And I, mm. that's what I think didn't benefit yeah. us as friends. No, yeah. Yeah, I get that. So would you recommend like if friends were in that situation? Yeah, because like I said, I, deal, I did feel lonely then because I felt like my three closest friends at the time were just in another, I didn't know that you was obviously in another chat, but I knew you, you were obviously talking. It wasn't yeah. like a chat no, it was wasn't. Like a no, no, it was just, yeah. It wasn't like every day. Oh my God. <laughs> no, and no. I, I'm really sorry if you feel like I went behind your back and... Oh my God, no, please. No, that's not even a thing. Yeah, it was but, all out. All all, it was all out. It was coming yeah. from and a I good place. Yeah, for sure. Like, definitely, I think at the time, like that meal was a real hot seat because yeah. I was just like you three have literally just brought me here to shit on me mm-hmm. that's what it felt like yeah. obviously there you got a lot of people that are like yeah you. Maybe yeah just one of us and like I said though better. like if we'd had the conversation over and over and over but we mm. were just coming to have all this knowledge over three months mm. whereas if we'd yeah. started it three months yeah ago, it wouldn't have been so weird if we're sitting no. like no this isn't okay yeah it was the way that's what I didn't agree with but it had to I come bet you out, felt umbo- sure. ambushed and yeah. bombi- yeah. blindsided. Yeah. I did feel yeah. completely blindsided. And I remember the next day, and that's what I was going to say, it kind of put probably, I'm not going to say it pushed me more towards him, but it kind yeah. of did because I, I felt like, like I was alone. Because you then, because yeah. like you were just, couldn't almost like be around us just in case like you'd said something or, you know, like. Mm. And we knew, what we, we knew, thinking. I think we knew that you knew. I did know, yeah. yeah, but I had to work it out by myself. Like Mm. that's one of the biggest things I'll always say. Like you can set, you can put your point up. If someone is going through a situation, you can put your views across. You can keep telling them. You can keep telling them, but it's only for them to make up their mind and decide whether to stay or go. And you can't kind of. You can't kind of like stick to them by that, if that makes sense. You so can't like, force them. You can't force them ready. to make yeah make a decision. They'll make a decision in their own time. So would but you recommend to say something to them if you do straight concerns? away? Yeah. Like, do not leave it months where then you could push a friend further towards. Obviously, I knew certain traits, and I was just like at the end, like I left when I needed to leave. Um, but if you do see something straight away, then I definitely feel like if you're drinking and stuff not obviously that night you have to do it the next day and just always come from a place of love like I love you I care about you and this is why I'm telling you but so and so 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 whatever's happened I did Um, that once Um, a situation happened with a friend while we were out and her man was acting a hella crazy I can't tell the story because it'd be Mm. really obvious who it is then immediately the next morning I sent her a text like those behaviors that I saw last night weren't cool. I cannot believe that he would behave that way, et cetera, et cetera. Are you, I was really blunt. I was like, are you going to stay with him? Mm. Yeah, she ain't spoke to me since. 
And I think you shouldn't, it, like, over a text is just a no-no. I know. You it just have no. to pick up the phone and, like, talk to your friend. But it was kind of like, I could not hold it in. And I knew others would want to tread carefully. And I was like, no, I'm just going to be the one that says it. But mm. I think where I went wrong there was that text. It probably should have been a face-to-face conversation. Yeah. Do you think that sometimes actually if we hadn't have said anything to you, you probably would have ended up staying with him longer because I think sometimes just having that confirmation that other people are seeing what you're probably thinking mm. gives you that, do you know what, I, think I, I know there's em- an issue. Yeah, there. I was more embarrassed than anything. Obviously you opened my eyes to things, but I think you opened my eyes to things that I probably already saw. So it was just confirming things mm. that I already knew. I don't know if it would have gone on longer or shorter if you did or didn't say anything. Maybe it would have gone on longer if you didn't say anything. Um, because it would have taken me a lot longer to like process situation scenarios. And, I think and if other people don't see it, what's the point of stopping it? Because you're like, oh, I'm okay. Like it's not that. Well, it's not. It's that. not even that. It's you think, oh, that is normal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's but, normal behaviour. Yeah. Because no one's picking like picking up on like whatever's going on. Um. So yeah, I think. Yeah, maybe we would have stayed together longer, but. Thank God for that. <laughs> Yeah, escaped. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, it's just red flags, isn't it? Maybe we need to do a topic on red flags because I think I've definitely been a, um, I definitely been guilty of like a red flag collector. You're like, oh, there's a red flag. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, me too. I'll try there? and make it pink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, race to get the red flags. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, when I look back, I'm like, whoa, there was a lot of red flags. I think I was a massive red flag to all of my relationships. I don't know why I got boyfriends because, dude, <laughs> I'll tell you outright. I'm like, I'm a red flag, stay away. <laughs> but, um, yeah, for sure. Um, do you think that having that and looking back on them, that you've – it helped a kind of learning in your next relationship? Oh, or? my God. Like, more, this is the thing about me. Like, I, I truly believe that people come into my life for reasons and – if it wasn't for the people that I've interacted with and been with and whatever, then I wouldn't be the person I am today. So I'm grateful for all the hard times. I'm grateful for all the really shitty experiences collecting all those red flags. Like I am grateful for it because now in like the next relationship, it's like the best relationship. I set those boundaries from day one. Like we both did before we even got into a relationship. It was like, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. This is what I expect. That's what I don't oh, expect so or respect. Yeah, like before we yeah. was even together. That's because so we good. wanted to make what kind sure. What things did you say? Because I feel like certain boundaries in relationships are really challenging. Um, I think... Like how do you know I, what you want and what you do expect? Like how do you know that stuff? I think we're both... Although I probably don't seem like the deepest person, I am re- a really deep person, but I'm deep with people that I can open up to and I tr- feel trust, like trusted with. He's the same. Um, So I feel like once we just got into the conversation it just got deeper and deeper and then it was like what about this would you how would you react in this situation so then it was like almost like leading on to like what our boundaries would be and how we wanted to kind of what relationship we wanted so he wouldn't want to settle down unless he had this kind of relationship and I was just like I really don't want to settle down unless I have this kind of relationship and if you don't fit you don't fit like it's not I love that. That's, That's so such healthy. A healthy conversation mm. to have. I don't think I've ever had that with any of my boyfriends. No. That mm. is. This conversation's been so fulfilling. Mm. It's been really interesting. Literally going from work, I feel like we got quite a lot out there about work, which I feel is going to be so relatable, but to go to and do like a full 180 and 
go into like relationships and mm. having to and I announce our sins. <laughs> yeah, I very much realise that I do probably sound insane. <laughs> no, like over. No, you don't. You actually you don't actually because don't. I'm listening to you and there's friends in my life that I know are very similar to you and situations they're going through now and I'm just like I actually want them to listen to this because I just think it would be really powerful and I think that everyone at some point has gone through a situation like this I think like obviously I agree with you that I'm a fixer you're a fixer Mm. you know it's been situations of workplaces (laughs) so no it's been really insightful Mm. I just think if you are in a position where you are really miserable in a workplace in a relationship then just dig deep on yourself what makes you happy what pisses you off what upsets you um and then just build from there and you will like you I hate it when people stay in relationships because they just feel like they won't meet anyone I just feel like you would be so much more happy and fulfilled on your own doing things on your own terms not having like the ag from being in a relationship with someone that makes you truly miserable you could go off and do all these amazing things and meet amazing people but you're not going to do that if you're still stuck in the same shit so yeah, take a look inwards. The presence of love will always cast out fear. Yeah. Don't yeah. fear not getting into a new relationship. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Thanks, ladies. Thank love you. Care.